Hello, this is Roy Lilly. Well, I'm afraid I have no good news. In most of Western Europe, growth in productivity is at near record lows. The banking crisis meant financial services went from boom to bust. Some countries stimulated recovery by funding public services. In the UK, we cut our public services. There was no time to recover before we were all plunged into the pandemic and now there may not be a world war, but the world is at war. The impact on trade and supply chains yet to be felt, as is the impact of defence spending and overseas aid, which could create a long-term drag on recovery. McKinsey summed it up, and I quote from their recent report, a job-rich, productivity-weak recovery with low-value-added, high-hours-worked growth, a broad-based decline in, uh, with a distinct lack of productivity-accelerating sectors. That's not great, is it? Global productivity growth fluctuates over time, but it's been declining since the 1960s. Today, it stands at near-historic lows. In the UK, hours worked have, have increased, but value added has fallen, as has productivity, and McKinsey suggests by about minus 2.5%. The latest ONS numbers show a 0.8% uptick in January, but with horrible cost of living increases pending. Industries able to perform a digital transformation, like the likes of Amazon, Ocado and others, have done well. But there is a problem with digital diffusion. How do we get businesses and public services to buck up, plug in and click on? Health and social care have four particular problems. Barriers to adoption, including public mistrust, the legacy of failure and low levels of digital skills. Number two, time lag. Investment in digital takes longer than a parliament to mature, thus there's no incentive for politicians to drive the agenda. And digital maturity is complex. Half of trust are not very mature, and I link to a digital maturity index in today's e-letter. Social care, not at all. And bringing them all to halfway levelish playing field is probably the work of a decade. Number three, transition costs. We're talking millions. And number four, cannibalisation of current revenues, which is often a way to fund these things. Well, there is no headroom in finances to do this. Some trusts still struggle, struggle with the cost and inefficiency of having no electronic patient record system at all. And we all know social care is skint. On the bright side, the NHS living in a pencil and paper past has done well, providing 16.5% more care pound for pound in 2016-17 than they did in 2004-05. And interestingly, the productivity growth of the economy as a whole during that period was only 6.7%. But it's a long way from number 19's potty idea that the NHS is going to be able to increase its productivity by 30%. Even pottier than the thought that the NHS can sustain an annual efficiency target as high as 5%. Or is the Chancellor really going to double the NHS efficiency target? No one seems to know. I know. Recently, I've been critical of the NHSE board. Well, I'm sorry and I apologise because I've not been critical enough. The NEDs and the Chairman cannot be oblivious to the facts I've recited here. 
If any of them think the NHS is going to be able to deliver 30% efficiency savings, 5% less money, no proper digitisation investment programme, no workforce plan, no recovery plan for social care and an NHS recovery plan that depends on IT investment with a fragile economy and likely flatline funding, well, they're dangerous and they're dreaming. The NHS is being bounced around for political effect by a bemused Secretary of State taking advantage of a befuddled, floundering, unapprenticed group of non-execs. And I'm sorry to say, but the executives don't come out of this well either. Global health expert Mark Brittnell posted on Twitter an extract from his book. He says, who projects a worldwide 9 million shortfall of nurses by 2030? In the UK, 35% of nurses are aged over 50. In the USA, it's 40%. Canada, 30%. Australia, 39%. We are sleepwalking into a crisis. Well, how right he is. Yet the chief nurse has no workforce plan. We have a finance director who seems to think you can do 30% more for 5% less or has agreed to doubling the efficiency target. A medical director who knows there will not be 5,000 more GPs. There are 800 new doctors with no training placements and doctors are leaving in their droves. David Behan's Health Education England, with responsible for training, is invisible and missing in action. We have an IT digi director in the midst of another reorganisation without a comprehensive digital health and care plan cart before the horse management. The chief executive exposed and buffeted to whatever wind blows from number 10 and the chairman is new, rudderless with no connections with the NHS, civil society or politics and whose board only meets six times a year. No compass, no charts, no rudder. We're heading for the rocks. Thanks for listening. I hope I can cheer you up with something else soon. Bye for now.